0: Alright, right, First John chapter 4, um, you guys talked about this a little bit last week, I was sick last week, uh, I missed you guys, and, um, um, but, but I heard that the discussions went pretty well, okay, in your groups. Um, we're going to finish up our, our evidence series this week, we're, so we're going to start with chapter 4 and just kind of briefly go through that and then talk about um, First John chapter 5. How many of you guys through this series have been learning something new uh, out of First John, in, in God's Word, okay? Awesome. That's great. Um, who can tell me a couple things that you guys learned last week in your discussion with, with First John chapter 4? Anybody? Anything? Anything stand out in your group? You remember? Yeah, Maddie? Um, it says dear children and, uh, like, a lot. It says dear children a lot? It says, like, his children... Okay. Okay. I'm picking up what you're laying down. Yeah. <laughs> what else? Anybody? Yeah. Justin? Talking about how Jesus died on the cross? Okay. Anything else? What did you learn last week? What what were some of the things that came up in your discussions? I'm curious because I wasn't here. Anything else? Okay. Thank you for sharing that. We're going to talk about chapter 4 real quickly. uh, And I just want to, I'm not going to read it word for word um, because you guys read through it last week in your groups, hopefully. Um, And if you haven't read it yet, I encourage you to read it. But I want to talk just a little bit about um, two major themes, and Justin kind of touched on one of those, that, uh, that I see in chapter four. And, and uh, one of those is going to kind of lead us into chapter five as we finish up tonight, okay? Let me just pray real quick for this. God, we love you. We thank you for who you are. And uh, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would, would um, teach us, would direct us, would guide us. For those of you, uh, or for those in here that, that um, have the Holy Spirit in them, God, that, that you would encourage them and lift them up. Um, and for those that uh, don't know you, uh, or haven't put their trust in you, that the Holy Spirit would serve uh, as one who convicts and challenges us, uh, and and points us towards you, um, and uh, to receive you, Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are, and uh, we just give you tonight in Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, so first theme in in First John chapter four. Okay, one of the big evidences that we see of a genuine faith is. Love, okay? Um, we've seen this theme a couple other times in this letter from John. Love not only comes from God, lo- but, but God is the very definition of love. God is love, it says, okay? Um, I'm going to read 1 John chapter 4, verses 7-12 through 12 here for you. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love And his love is made complete in us. See, loving others the way God loves you is evidence of a genuine faith in Christ. God's love is a sacrificial kind of love uh, that goes way beyond loving others only if they love you in return. Okay? Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 48. He says, You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Okay? When you scroll back over chapter 4 here to, to verses 16 and 17, it says, God is love. Whoever, uh, actually, let me back up a little bit. The Beginning of verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete Uh, or or perfect among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like who? God, right? We are like him, okay? If we love others the way God loves us, then we know that we have God in us because on our own, under our own power, we are incapable of loving others the way that God loves us, okay? Okay? That kind of love, the, uh, loving others, others the way God loves us, is evidence of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. And, and, and we don't always do it perfectly because, uh, because we still have sin in our lives. But a genuine believer in Christ will see a pattern of unconditional love towards not only those who love them, but those who don't love them. Okay? Your friends and your enemies kind of thing. right? You're going to love them in an unconditional sort of way, so, something that even if they don't return that to you, that you're going to extend that to them. That's a a godly kind of love. That's a sacrificial uh, kind of love, and that's only done by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're incapable of doing something, of loving somebody in that way on our own, right? How many of you guys have ever um, been hurt by somebody and it's really hard to, to, to love that person, right? Yeah. Everybody should probably raise their hand. I'm sure that's happened before. Um. And so what happens, or so what we see here then is is, um, if you have continual hatred in your heart towards someone, then uh, John says that the love of God is not in you, okay? It's impossible to truly love God and to hate your brother or to hate somebody else because God is love and because as a believer, we've we've seen earlier in, in 1 John that one of the evidences of a true faith is that you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inside of you loves the way God loves Okay? And so if the Holy Spirit's truly inside of you, that's going to come out of you. And so it's going to be um, almost harder and harder for you not to love somebody in an, an unconditional way if you're submitting to the Holy Spirit's work in your life. But if you're not, if you're not uh, trusting in God, if you've rejected Him, then it's going to be really easy for you to have hatred in your heart towards other people. So think about that in your life. Are there people right now that you can think of that, man, I just don't like that person at all? In fact, they make me mad, they make me angry, I would say that I hate that person. Okay? Now, there's a difference between uh, between following Christ and, and falling into sin of anger uh, towards someone versus just simply outright hating someone. Okay? Those are two different attitudes of the heart. I want to be clear on that because um, there is a difference between that so that uh, that's something that if you're following Christ and, and that... That sin is revealed to you, that that's something that you lay down, that you ask for forgiveness for, and you continue to pursue Christ in. If you hate somebody, though, uh, you don't care what Jesus thinks, you're just going to hate that person, okay? So think about that in your own heart, in your own life. The second theme is probably the most important piece of evidence uh, to a genuine faith in Christ, is, is believing in the work and person of Jesus Christ. And Justin said this earlier. Um, um, we see this in the first part of chapter 4, okay, where John is encouraging the reader to test the spirits to see whether or not they're from God. 1 John 4, verses 2 and 3 says, this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. Now the Holy Spirit, again... Uh, the Holy Spirit will never contradict the teachings about Jesus. The Holy Spirit will always confirm those, those teachings about Jesus. And since the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life is evidence of a genuine faith, then a true believer is also going uh, to, to be committed to all of, the, all, all of the teachings about Jesus Christ. Okay? So what are the teachings about Jesus Christ then? The Apostle Paul summarizes them in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1-5. through 5. He says, now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. This is important, okay? He's going to tell you how, how you can be saved right here. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I have received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Here's the gospel. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, which is Peter, and then to the twelve. Okay? Plain and simple. Here it is. If you reject the gospel message of Christ written in the scriptures, a.k.a. the Bible, then you reject Christianity altogether. Okay? Because without Christ, there is no Christianity. Right? Right? He's central. He's he's the main theme of Christianity. That's why it's called Christianity. So I want to take a look at at, at, uh, this last chapter here in 1 John, chapter 5. And we're going to talk about this because this is a major theme of of how John kind of wraps up this letter talking about Jesus and the importance of understanding and believing in what he did and who he was and who he is. Okay? Okay? So, we're going to read verses 1 through 12. It says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. This is love for God, to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. It's not saying the victory that's overcome our faith. It's saying our faith is the victory that's overcome the world. Okay? Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. We accept man's testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which he, has seen, which he has given about his Son. Anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in his heart. Anyone who does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed in the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. Here's what God says about his Son. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Everyone who believes that Jesus Christ is born of God, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, okay? Um, That means that if you truly believe that Jesus is God in the flesh, both fully God and fully man, and that he came to earth and died for your sins and that he rose from the dead three days later to defeat death, to give you eternal life with him, then you are uh, what John says is born of God. Okay? This is the same kind of language. this spiritually reborn. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Um, you, you have eternal life with him, but through this rebirth, you're born of God, you're spiritually reborn. And, and, and um, Jesus talks about this with Nicodemus in John chapter three. We, we, we read that before, too. Um, listen to, to John chapter three, verses 31 through 36, uh, because only those who have been reborn have overcome the world. Okay. It says, the one who comes from above is above all. This is talking about Jesus. And the one who is from the earth belongs to the earth, and he speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Whoever has accepted it has certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives the Spirit without limit. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in his hands. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. Jesus is God's testimony to us. He's the proof that God, what God said is true. Okay? And twice in the Gospels, this is what God says about Jesus. He says, uh, this is my Son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. So to deny that Jesus is the Son of God is to call uh, God a liar. It's to make God out as a liar. This is what 1 John says in chapter 5. Okay? So anybody that says that Jesus isn't God in the flesh, any, anybody that says Jesus isn't God's son is, is to, completely denying what God said about his son, Jesus. And we're making God out to be a liar. And so the truth uh, is not in you, and the son is not in you. Okay? And so then eternal life is not in you. Does that make sense? Um, the, the The testimony of God is that He has given us eternal life, but that life only comes through His Son Jesus. Okay, that's what it says back here in in um, verse eleven. This is the testimony: God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. It doesn't say that it's in His Son or uh, being a good person or you know, you name it, it says it's in his son. Eternal life comes from Jesus alone, okay? Remember John 14, chapter, or chapter 14, verse 6, it says, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. First John five twelve. we just read it, he says, he who has the son has life, he who does not have the son of God does not have life. So, what this means then is if you don't believe in the full testimony of God, about His Son, Jesus Christ, given to us through His Word, the Bible, Okay, even if you believe most of the things about Jesus, but you leave one thing out, you don't accept one thing, then you don't have the Son. You don't have Christ, and you don't have eternal life. So, do you believe that Jesus is God's Son? Do you believe that He is God in the flesh? Do you believe that He died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins, not just our sins, the sins of the world, but for your sins? Do you believe that he rose from the dead three days later to defeat the power of sin and death in your life and to allow you to stand blameless before God in forgiveness? Do you believe that Jesus is the only way to God, the Father, and eternal life with him? Do you believe that one day he'll return to judge the living and the dead and reward eternal life to those uh, who have put their trust in him and eternal death to those who've rejected him? If your answer to even one of those questions is no, then the Bible says that you do not have the Son. And if you do not have the Son, then you do not have eternal life. Okay? But if, you answer, uh, if your answer to all of those questions is yes, then you can be sure, absolutely sure, without a doubt, that you have eternal life in Christ. And your life then will show more and more evidence of your faith in Him. All the other evidences, all the other things that we've been talking about will be a result of this belief that you have in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. John wrote this letter to give true believers assurance of their faith. You don't have to doubt your faith. You don't have to to go, man, am I saved? Am I saved? I don't know. You um, You can be sure, you can be absolutely sure that you are saved. Okay? I want to look at the rest of, of 1 John chapter 5, starting verse 13. It says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you, that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of Him. If anyone sees his brother commit a sin that does not lead to death, he should pray and God will give him life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that he should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin. And there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps him safe and the evil one cannot harm him. We know that we are children of God. There's that phrase again, Maddie. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him who is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. In that passage right there, verses 13 through 21, there are one... Two, three, four, five, six, seven different times where, where John says, we know. Not we think, not we're guessing, not probably, but we, what? Know. We know. We know. We are confident, fully aware, fully assured. We know, okay? If you truly believe in who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, then your life will begin to reflect. Your life will begin to change to reflect that belief. Okay? You'll stop pursuing sin, like it says. No one who's in Christ continues to sin. Okay? You'll stop pursuing sin. That's what it means. Remember, we've talked about this before too. We're, our lives will always have sin in them until Christ comes or until we die. Then we'll be made perfect. But until then, we'll continue uh, to have sin but we won't pursue sin. If you're in Christ, you won't pursue sin. You'll stop pursuing sin. You'll start to pursue Christ instead. And when sin is revealed to you, you'll you'll bring that to him. Uh, Remember that you've been forgiven for it um, and and surrender that to him and walk in that forgiveness, continuing to pursue Christ uh, versus just pursuing sin and, and rejecting Christ altogether, okay? No one born of God continues a lifestyle of sin. If you've entrusted your life to Christ, then you've been given freedom from and victory over the sin that, is in, that has imprisoned you. You've, you've overcome the things of this world. Okay? You have the Holy Spirit who gives you the understanding uh, that you need and helps you live a life reflective of your faith in Christ. And you have eternal life with God because of Christ's sacrifice for you. And, and uh, this is God's truth for those who have put their faith in Christ and follow his commands. And because it's God's truth, you can know with certainty that you have eternal life because it's based on God's promise to you that he's given you through uh, uh, eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ, okay? God's promise never fails. God's promise uh, holds true always. Sometimes our promises don't, right? Because this is God's promise to the believer, to the one who has accepted and received his son and believes in Jesus and the work that he did for us you can know, not just think, not just hope, but know that you have eternal life. This is why John ends his letter in verse 21 by saying, dear children, keep yourselves from idols. The New Living Translation uh, says, keep yourselves from anything that might take God's place in your hearts, okay? If you trust your heart to anything or anyone other than God, then that means that you are not trusting in God. Or his promises. You're relying on something or someone else for salvation at that point. And the Bible says in Acts 4.12 that salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And that name is what? Shout it loud. Jesus. Jesus Jesus Christ. God's son, right? This is who we celebrate at Christmas. I I know the world celebrates Santa Claus, and the world celebrates uh, gift-giving, and the world forgets about uh, the fact that, that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to be among us, to um, relate to us, to live a life of perfection that we couldn't live as a human, to die a perfect death that we couldn't die, as sacrifice for our sins, and then to, to reconcile us back to God through that uh, sacrifice, to raise again on the third day so that we can have uh, everlasting life, that death, this earthly death, is not the end for us, okay? That's who we celebrate. That's why we sing uh, Christmas carols. That's why we sing songs that we sang tonight, because it's about Jesus, and we believe in Him. We believe in who He is, uh, and what He came to do for us. Everything about Him. This this book of First John gives us several pieces of evidence to help us know, uh, to help us know, okay, that we're truly following Jesus or not. And if over the course of this series you've been given this this full assurance that you you can look at this and you can, and you can say, I know. I know that I'm following Christ, okay? Um, Praise God. Praise God for that. And my prayer is that you continue to allow the Holy Spirit that lives inside you to continue to work in you, to change you and mold you and shape you to be more and more like Jesus, to continue to grow in that, knowing with confidence that that you ask God uh, things that line up with his will, like, God, make me more like you. God, uh, uh, help me to be more patient. Help me to be more loving and things like that. Uh, that he's going to do that in your life, okay? The Holy Spirit will produce that fruit in your life as you're obedient to him in that. And my prayer is that you continue to grow in your wisdom and your understanding, your desire for his word that, that tells you more and more about Jesus, okay? But if over the course of this series, you've looked at these things and, you, and, and you've realized uh, that you're not truly following Christ, if the, if the evidence so to speak, stacks against you, Okay, then I want you to know that you don't have to stay that way. I want you to know that tonight you can, you, can, uh, you can become a true believer in Christ. Okay, You can believe in who Jesus is. You can believe in what he's done for you. You can believe in God's promises to you through Christ, and you can have eternal life. It's available to you right now because you're here, because you uh, are hearing this Good news of Jesus. The gospel message, okay? What he's done for you. It's your job to respond to that. I can't choose for you. Nobody else can choose for you. There's no special prayer to pray, but it's important that you acknowledge your guilt to God, that you confess your belief that Christ's sacrifice paid your penalty, and declare your desire then to follow him from here on out. So if you want to know what that that looks like a little bit more, you want to just talk about that a little bit more, or if you just decide that tonight, yeah, I want to follow Christ with my life until I die, okay? Then uh, I want to encourage you to come talk to me or come talk to a hype leader afterwards, and we'll, we'll, we want to we want to celebrate that decision with you, and remember that it's not just a one time decision tonight, and then you go back to living how you have always lived, it's a daily surrender to Christ. It's a daily remembrance of who he is and what he's done for you. And it's a daily decision to surrender uh, and and follow him. And so we want to help you understand that. We want to make sure that you have some resources that will help you um, grow in your relationship with Christ. Okay? You guys remember uh, week one, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5? says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you what? Fail the test, right? We've used the book of 1 John as a test, and I want to encourage you to go back through it on your own. Invite your parents. Bring some more students along with you. Dig back into this. Five chapters long, okay? Five important chapters that, that you can use uh, as a test in your own life, to uh, to see, examine yourself through God's word. What does the evidence say about you? Have you realized that Jesus Christ is indeed in you? Are you encouraged after the end of this series? Are you encouraged uh, in your relationship with Christ, or, or are you concerned? Do you have more questions? Okay, have you failed this test of faith? No matter what your answer is, my prayer is that you would respond in a way that, that solidifies uh, your faith in Christ and that brings glory to God with your life. Um, my desire for you, my desire for me, my desire for all of us is that we know God fully and that we realize that we're fully known by God. Okay. Like I said from, from week one, my goal isn't to sit here and go, you're a Christian, you're not. You're a Christian, you're not. My goal is to let God speak to you through his word and to let the Holy Spirit convince or convict you one way or the other and draw you to a loving father who gave up his only son for you and for me so that if we choose to, we can follow him and experience eternal life with him. What an exciting thing, right? Don't miss out on that. Don't miss out on that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and what it reveals to us um, about us, but more importantly about you and about your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray tonight, God, that that um, those that are, that are in here that, that have uh, been convicted by your word, by your Holy Spirit, that that conviction would, would lead to um, uh, repentance, that it would lead to them turning from their old way of life and, and responding to who you are, accepting what you've done for them, and, uh, and choosing to follow you from here on out. I pray um, for those that, that are following you truly, that are genuine believers of Christ in here, that they would leave tonight so encouraged, uh, and, and, and um, just with a deeper desire to continue to know you more and, and uh, to serve you, to, to love the way you love, um, to forgive the way you forgive, to, to, to um, just to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit's work in their lives. God, ultimately, I pray that we would leave here tonight with a better understanding of who you are, a deeper knowledge of, of our own sin, and our need for you, and that we would respond in a way uh, that you have drawn us to, uh, that leads us to uh, forgiveness in you. We thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this series. And, uh, and we, we celebrate, um, even in, in this, this Christmas time, we celebrate the gift that you have given us of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you. We love you, God. We give you all the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen.